Hey everyone, welcome to Punkcast. My name is William Maxwell. I'm a student of Web3 and the owner of Punk9527. CryptoPunks are 10,000 uniquely generated characters stored permanently on the Ethereum blockchain. No punk is the same. This is a show dedicated to celebrating the punks behind the punk. My hope for this podcast is that we capture the essence of the punk culture, elevate the brand and the individual behind the punk. One last thing, projects discussed on the show is not financial advice. Crypto and NFTs are a volatile and risky asset class. Please always do your own research. Other than that, let's go. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Punkcast. Today we've got Beefy Punk, 1968. He's our first five Addy with an earring, regular shades, mole, dark mohawk hair, and big beard. He's a founder of Red Lion News, an NFT periodical for top news and entertainment in crypto. Please welcome to the show redlineeye.eth. Redline, long time no speak. How are you? Hey, Max. Uh, thank you so much for having me, man. Uh, I really enjoy your show and um, thank you so much for inviting me today to, to chat with you. Likewise, I've been uh, listening into some of your spaces that you've been hosting as well. So it'd uh, be good to sort of unpack your story and share it with uh, the rest of the punk community today. Maybe we could start off with something uh, just really simple. You know, um, where are you sort of based? And uh, uh, I guess a little bit about your background, because uh, I think not, not sure if too many people know where you're from and, and how you sort of arrived into the space. Mm-hmm. I am... Uh... I'm a 34-year-old uh, dude from Greece. Uh, I used to be a sailing yacht captain uh, on my previous life, <laughs> on my previous uh, professional life. Um, I used to sail big catamarans uh, around uh, the Caribbean and Europe doing uh, luxury charters, you know, like up to eight groups. I had uh, three crew. And yeah, this is who I was. I was... Um, a lot into crypto since uh, 2015 um, but uh, you know at some point I got burned out and I was like yeah I don't really want to do this anymore I mean like I had fun in my 20s it was it was not as as professional in my 20s I used to have more fun with flotillas and uh, getting drunk doing yacht weeks and stuff you know when I was mile building so um, yeah i changed uh, my life from then i quit my job i left my yacht and uh, these yachts are usually operated uh, with a boyfriend and girlfriend as the captain and the chef so basically i left the boat and i left the girl too (laughs) and um, yeah i came back to greece and i was like uh yeah we'll see what i i will do you know i'm not uh, too worried about it and fast forward a few years here we are (laughs) Here we are, but um, yeah. that's uh, such an exciting, uh, exciting mm-hmm. sort of background. I, um, I've always wanted to do those uh, Middle Eastern sort of yacht cruises. Uh, I think there was one uh, that's pretty famous that all my friends went on. I think it was called um, the Yacht Week. I think it was where mm-hmm. you know twenty yeah. yachts in the summer just congregate. And they island hop and they. Oh, it's not twenty. It's way more than that. We it, had routes. <laughs> yeah, we, we we were so busy. We had routes like, uh, and uh, we had to split them like the red route, the, the black route, and stuff like that. I think like two, three hundred yachts uh, in total. It was uh, it was insane. And when you see those images online of like yachts in a circle, 
So yeah, I was part of the guys who um, invented, let's say, invented that kind of like a raft party we used to call it. That's crazy, man. Yeah. And um, so you must you must have like an all year round tan at the moment then. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, well, uh, since I quit though, I just look like an old leather bag <laughs> uh, <laughs> because of uh, sun exposure. And right now, I have, I have been preserving well inside my home. <laughs> you, you, you were a yacht captain. Now, how many years mm-hmm. were you doing that again? Uh, that was around seven years. Right. So, and and I think that's those seven years you were just forced to be. Uh, in social environments, um, in, in, you know, around people, um, uh, in parties in, and, and basically just really, I guess you must be reasonably good with people if you were in that industry for such a long uh, time. That is, uh, <laughs> that is an interesting question. Uh, to be honest, I've, I've always felt like an outcast, you know, I've never conformed uh, to society standards. Um, I've always been curious. So um, I recently found out I am within uh, the Asperger um, spectrum. So that is why I have be, I can be weird at times. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I have been training all my life um, not to be and trying to fit in. Um, those social situations uh, taught me a lot about myself and uh, how to interact with others um as everybody knows being in the service industry um it's uh it's a one-way ticket to make you um hate humans but um i can say i i i'm hateful but uh, like i can see why people <laughs> can be you know um it is definitely very difficult but at the same time it's also a great lesson uh, for um teaching yourself uh, not only to interact with others and be kind when someone else is not um but, but also for your own personal you know mental health you need to to overcome things like that in life all the time but it was challenging, you know, having eight people you never met, spending a whole week with you, eating, sleeping, uh, waking up, you know, and you're serving them basically every day long, <laughs> all day long. It's um, uh, it's 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 a hard uh, it's a hard gig. It's not uh, only fun. You must have seen some crazy shit back then. Like, is there like any crazy stories that any of your clients uh, got up to? Any any mischief? Oh um <laughs> yeah uh there there are a lot of stories i mean like we had uh, we were looking for crew members and they were fucking arrested <laughs> And, uh, um, uh, you know, and uh, the, the charges were always uh, ridiculous stuff and uh, some not so ridiculous stuff. But, uh, yeah, um, I don't even know where to start. Yeah, a lot of craziness, but that was mostly in my early 20s, you know. Uh, then I kind of, like, left that, um, that fun stuff behind and I was more into... Um, the more upscale market of uh, yacht chartering, hence I was uh, in the Caribbean, where it was uh, much, much different than uh, what I was doing in uh, (laughs) uh, Croatia. I can imagine. I think you're not alone being weird. I think you have to have a little bit of weirdness to be in the NFT space, right? So I think uh, I could probably see why you fit right in, I guess, with the crypto crypto punk sort of community, um, being uh, a little bit, you know, uh, libertarian and 
and out there and independent in some ways. But um, well, why, why don't we get on to that, that sort of conversation then um, about what led you into NFTs from, I mean, that's a really big shift from, you know, uh, being a yacht captain and into sort of crypto and NFTs. So why don't you talk us through that journey? Yeah, so uh, in 2015, I think I'm trying to remember how I got into crypto exactly because it's been a long time ago and at the time it wasn't as important to remember. I think I saw a mention about Bitcoin in like a terrible series or something and I wanted and it was like the third time I would hear about it and I pretended I know what it is just because the term sounded familiar, but I didn't really, so I just Googled what is Bitcoin um, just to laugh at it, you know, and um, uh, I found uh, an amazing movement of people and free thinkers that uh, really wanted to change the world. Um, as I said, I'm a contrarian. I always hated banks and um, my parents uh, didn't have uh, much uh, economical education um so we've uh, my family also fell victims to like a lo lot of victims i mean like they did it themselves but you know what i mean um to mm -hmm. loans with uh awful uh, repayment uh, star uh, payments yeah. and terms yeah exactly and yeah, I've always hated them, basically. And uh, when I found it, I was like, whoa, this is amazing. This is not something that I came to laugh about. This is something that is actually incredible. And I started watching Andreas, uh, Andreas Antonopoulos, um, which he also happened to be uh, from uh, Greek origins. And I was like, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> Preach, brother. And um, yeah, at this time, his uh, speakings were for, you know, he was speaking at hippie festivals and educating people on, on the base level. And it was so, so unique, you know. Maybe even just... Uh... Uh, explain who Andreas is because I'm not sure everybody knows. Yeah, Andreas Antonopoulos is one of the super early educators about Bitcoin. Um, he's like, the way I can describe him, he's like a super, super smart intellectual um, that has dedicated his life in educating people around Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Um, yeah. He's uh, super focused on onboarding people and ex uh, new users and explaining the risks and the rewards and how the money system works. Yeah, I, th I think he uh, he was probably one of the first guys mm -hmm. I read. I, I read a book. I can't remember what it was called. I think it was like Mastering Bitcoin or something like that. Yeah, Mastering Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's the one. And so, so just when, when did, when did this all happen? Like what year was it? Yeah, this? that was 2015 around that time. And I went into Facebook at the time and <laughs> it was back when people were still posting on Facebook. And I, I, I typed, uh, who can sell me one Bitcoin? <laughs> and I was, um, I was in Tortola in the British Virgin Islands. And one of friend of mine from Portugal, uh, which was a place I was living like five years before at the time, um, he was like, yo, dude, I have a Bitcoin from mining because he was into it. I had no fucking clue. And he's like, yeah, I can sell it to you for $250. And the, the price of Bitcoin was 235 And I was like, hmm, 
okay, okay, I will pay. <laughs> so yeah, I got it and um, I was very much uh, interested immediately into it. Uh, it consumed my life for um, a few weeks. Uh, like I was completely obsessed. And after um, then Ethereum launched, I started... I tried to buy at $10, it went to $13, and being a smart trader, I said, yeah, fuck that, I will wait, and I ended up buying at uh, $80 or $90, $80 were my <clears throat> my first buy back in 2016, 17, something like that, That's I can't great. remember. So, so basically, you're, you're a billionaire then? No, 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 far from it. <laughs> no, uh, like uh, the Bitcoin I bought, I lost it playing poker. Um, and <laughs> and the Ethereum that I bought, I lost it buying ICO shitcoins on 2017. So it wasn't like um, a rugs to riches story, more of like a tale of, of me chasing my tail, actually. Um, yeah. But the same thing happened to me in... Um, uh, in early 2020, the end of 2019, when I started becoming curious about becoming an active traded trader on crypto and I found NFTs and I was um, immediately consumed for a number of weeks, uh, educating myself and learning. Um, so yeah, two times this happened. Um, my portfolio in 2017 grew to like 100K, which was an insane number for me at the time. Um, and uh, from there back down to like uh, the the amount I put in, like five seven k something like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what a wild ride! It has been a wild ride. And and so what did you do? Because I, I think everybody was involved in that twenty seventeen pump, and then everything mm -hmm. went quiet for two years. Uh, me personally, I, I I didn't look at crypto for a couple of years until sort of pre COVID. When did you? When did you start getting back in or were you active all the way through those years? Yeah, so I was active and uh, me and my brother were, um, you know, managing our <laughs> dumb fucking portfolio. Um, and um, But we were not leveraging information the way uh, we were supposed to. And yeah, since I started with... Uh, uh, with NFTs, it really opened my eyes on how to be uh, really active. So I thought I was active, but uh, wasn't really, you know. Yeah, okay. So you bought Bitcoin, you bought Ethereum in 2017. Uh, so you would have had a bit of a bag onto it. And then when was your first dip into NFTs? What was that journey like? Yeah, at the end of uh, 2019, um, December or that, I was uh, like consuming a lot of content about uh, about crypto. I was trying to get into DeFi. I thought DeFi was an exchange. Um, <laughs> and then uh, people on, I typed it somewhere and people on the comments were like, it's not an exchange, you dumbass. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, well, that uh, I had to download a MetaMask. So that brought me into OpenSea. And I think the first NFT I bought was Unstoppable Domains, unfortunately. Um, then uh, another terrible purchase was... Um, uh, Somnium Spaceland <laughs> um, but uh, from then on I found art and that was something that really um, captivated uh, me and and the whole art market uh, then I found punks then I found uh, amazing people in it and 
and I understood where I was, you know. Uh, but it took a long time. <laughs> was it just through experimentation then? I mean, to download a MetaMask wallet, and then I think you said you bought your first NFT being a, um, uh, what was that domain again? I think Unstoppable Domains. Like, how did yeah. you... How did you get to the point where you loaded up your wallet with Ethereum and you decided to buy an NFT from Unstoppable Domains? Was it? Did you do much research on it at the time, or I mean, what sort of compelled you to do that? Um, I don't know. It felt like um, it felt like a good idea, you know. Uh, and I still think not not the unstoppable domains necessarily maybe it's like the ens that prevails or whatever but it wasn't a bad idea to buy something like this you know <laughs> uh, so uh, unfortunately you know it's um i bought it for a profit and um to get uh, something out of it you know uh, i thought it was a good investment but like that's the way my brain works you know if something is like an asymmetric bet i'm immediately drawn to it so it felt like uh, an incredible opportunity to to be in something early first of all and also it, the, the technology was so so fucking interesting you know like just the pitch you know like nft enables you to sell digital products. This, as a statement, is super powerful, you know, and th that is barely scratching the surface of uh, what you can do with them. So, yeah, I was like... Yeah, totally. My mind was blowing away. As I said, I was obsessing for weeks again, <laughs> waking up, uh, you know, grinding, uh, meeting people... Uh, going into discords, twitters, following people, see who is who, um, talk my fucking bullshit <laughs> here and there. <laughs> you know how it is. You know, everybody goes through a bit of a journey uh, around, there's a point in time when they, when everything just clicks for them, right? Um, around a non-custodial wallet um, and, and basically, you know, an NFT. So was that, was that an easy thing for you to understand? Like, a digital asset, a JPEG, uh, at that point in time, what moment where, where was it for you where you sort of said, "Yep, I've got, I understand what NFTs are, um, and I, and, and I'm I'm going to start investing in this." Um, I don't think I I approached it like that at the beginning. At the beginning, I was just super curious to understand um, what what is happening here. Uh, who are these people? <laughs> buying and selling those jpegs on OpenSea and why um i was very interested in that um so what so what were you doing at the time so talk, talk to me about what things were you reading which discords were you jumping in you know what was that what was that oh point yeah in time uh, like for you mm -hmm. i was as i said i bought uh somnium space and i was uh going to their discord nagging about it like a noob every day <laughs> Uh, that was, uh, but uh, from there I uh, I met Bartazian, um, which I noticed he was into all of the um, all of the other servers that I was, and I started talking with him. So I started following him on Twitter, and we became friends. And then I met other people, and um, from one to the other, and then I was uh, I was into. Uh, the NBA Top Shot, uh, so I was into that server super early on, so 
uh, that helped me to meet everybody who is who on the crypto space. Um, and then I followed them on Twitter. Uh, so this is how, for me, it was more of like a social journey. Um, I was very, um, how did I decide it? Uh, it is great. As I said, I was like, um, I, I was drawn to it. I was obsessing by it. And this was a new good project, and I was super inspired at the time by uh, uh, Pranks' posts. Like uh, uh, he made five Bitcoin during a bear market by selling uh, GP. Uh, what was it? Uh, garbage pale kids. And I was like, mm. oh man, that's that's alpha as fuck, <laughs> you know. And I was like, how how can I do that, you know? And yeah, I, I sort of like got into it with uh, that um, opportunistic mentality. But uh, um, after meeting people, uh, wonderful people like Mitchell, uh, Mitchell F. Chan and Dave and, um, as I said, Bartazian and uh, people from so many other different uh, uh, sub-niches in NFTs, I'm, I'm completely cool. a changed person. So, and and Pathesian's a a punk as well, right? I think I have seen him around. Mm -hmm. Um. All right. Cool. And and then so you you advise Somnium Space. You were engaging with people on Twitter and sort of various sort of discords. Um. And then I guess what what point were you? How did you find out about CryptoPunks? Like and. So yeah, I was as I said, I was into I was into it, and I was experimenting a lot. I was trying to find a place to mint something. I wanted to mint something. And I'm like, okay, I'm not an artist. What can I mint? Um, I was like trying to make a screensaver. Um, I, I, I tried to become a, like an art collector. I didn't have money. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I just started to experiment. Um, so I found myself um, there on Rarible, uh, buying and selling art and making some uh, bullshit art of my own. And... Um, you know, uh, I already knew some people and I was aware of punks, but I was like, I don't get it, man. Like, like I, I didn't get it from the first day. I mean, like I saw the collection, but I didn't fucking get it. You know, like I, I like the art. And then I started going to the Discord. It was open back then. And like I saw that all my friends were in there. So I was like, I really want the fucking punk. <laughs> I get it now, you know. And uh, immediately I went to Nate Alex and I think I bought like uh, uh, either five or eight punks was my first purchase. So I really don't know which one is my my first punk. Um, mm. I, I will have to, to go back. Maybe I should find him and... Uh, <laughs> Um, so, so back then, um, mm -hmm. and I do remember this, uh, so, so just remember just in terms of timing as well, this was early 2021, right? That was, uh, who, uh, no, I got my first bank, I think in, uh, 2020, uh, um, uh, at some point, uh, I think okay. it was, uh, July, August, uh, I can't remember exactly. Oh, okay. Could so be it's, it's April. Pretty, yeah. Pretty early. Yeah, but uh, the punks I own, uh, I don't own since then. You know, those punks were long gone. <laughs> My hands were not what they are today. <laughs> Back then, they allowed mm -hmm. people without a punk into the Discord, right? Yeah, they it was were... much different. 
you were a white white name white namer lurking on the um, the punks discord and hanging out with uh, uh, we all time. were white namers i think uh, the only person who was a verified punk claimer it was uh, scott lou and uh, he uh, and i remember a lot of people were so fucking jealous of that you know like they really wanted it <laughs> yeah and and so you were hanging out with um yeah, I think Pranksy was on there at the time you mentioned uh, Nate mm-hmm. Alex Barthesian. Mm-hmm. What was the vibe in the Discord at that time? Is everybody just happy, easygoing? What were, what were most of the conversations in there? Was it just really around traits and, and the like? Um, well, Nate Alex used to hang out there a lot. Um, uh, also, yes. And... Um, the people in the punks uh, discord change you know some people uh, launch their projects they um, they don't have as much time myself included you know I used to to be more active in there and um, yeah I, I I stopped since then but the vibe back then um, it was uh, much different man there was no no industry I mean it was just 500 people jumping from project to project buying stuff getting wrecked and then coming back to punk's discord you know um some super big brain collectors that knew what they were buying uh from the the very start um but yeah uh, in, in some terms similar in today's like people are still obsessing about trades and they are talking collections um, what I miss seeing it was like there was like uh, the punks were like uh, one ETH or maybe around below one ETH and uh, what fascinated me was like I was coming to the discord and I was reading people like uh, breaking down and analyzing why this trait is important and the counts and specific punks in there and I was like damn like i i never thought about it you know i didn't know there was so much depth to this it because uh, on the surface level it looks like um you know uh not as uh, as deep of a concept but like the more the more you get into it like there's like a, a insane amount of depth uh into the art as well absolutely um mm-hmm. mate i've got your uh account on CryptoPunks app open and uh, mm-hmm. I sort of see you've bought uh, a few a handful of punks for less mm-hmm. than two ETH um, and this is I think in September 2020 um, so yeah okay uh, that was it then super, super early mm-hmm. but um, but man you, you had you had a lot of them man like and a lot of a lot sort of later on at five ETH a few at sort of 20 ETH um, I guess my yeah. question to you is is like well, I mean, this was still relatively early, and at that point in time, this would have been a lot of money. So, mm-hmm. what gave you the conviction to go in? I guess this heavy into into CryptoPunks. Well, I didn't have the necessary conviction on hindsight, right? 
um, but uh, a lot of people uh, I have chatted with uh, also on the spaces that we are doing and they are sharing their punk stories with me uh, they really it's really psychotherapy for me you know the, it, it really helps me um, come into terms with uh, my own blunders so yeah I had a lot of punks I'm not regretful or anything but I do realize if I only just bought the punks and I st- uh, you know, uh, sit on my hands, uh, I would have made more than I actually did. Um, so, yeah, it was different times, man. Um, it was different uh, different mentality. Uh, I had different mentality. As I said, I had conviction to buy NFTs. Um, I knew they, would going, they were going to go up, but I also uh, needed money and uh, I wanted to... Um, sell nfts for a profit um did i sell tops no did i make a lot no so on hindsight um yeah i had some conviction but uh, not the amount of conviction that i have today i see and uh, i mean like uh because i yeah i I, I have a look at your sold you sold them out i think in the early ones you, you took profit so i think basically what you're sort of saying is when you first came into crypto punks it was more speculative and from a financial point of view hanging out uh, and then over time you sort of uh, i guess you increase your uh, your conviction on the project yeah but also small parentheses like there's a lot of like buys and sells because like there was the rarible mania at the time also you know so um uh, a lot of people were buying and selling punks uh, myself included you know as a um, to grind the rewards and it was like uh you know uh, an open secret an omerta like everybody was going to <laughs> to to rarible buy sell punks like a few hours you know a week and everybody made a profit it was insane <laughs> yeah were, were, were they were they using rarible back then <clears throat> as opposed to open sea or, um, or the actual CryptoPunks contract? Uh, no, OpenSea website. was the main marketplace and Rarible was new. But Rarible was the only platform that allowed you to mint uh, whatever you wanted. OpenSea didn't have minting. Ah, KO okay. was uh, curated. SuperRare was curated. Yeah, so it gathered a, a nice uh, movement of artists around it. So um, it was very open. And then they did uh, the Rarity Rewards. They introduced their token where... Um, for every buy and every sell you would earn from a pool of tokens and they would be distributed per week and uh, at the beginning they didn't have a lot of volume so you used to buy and sell stuff there and you used to make a lot of coin that would also um in some cases super early on it was more than you actually spent and then the news got out (laughs) and there was like thousands of people doing this uh and yeah it was uh, insanity insanity uh, but it was also super fun you know it's, it was like an absolute uh, point of degeneracy in uh, the nft history i mean it was it was fun it was super fun i'm not sure if we'll ever get back there but i hope hopefully one day we do um because i think you know through that i think you build you build a lot of uh, really strong relationships but um hey just just going back to your crypto punk now um punk 1968 he's a He's a real stunner, mate. Um, sort of a five attribute uh, crypto punk, which is reasonably rare. rare. Um, talk to me in terms of, you know, why have you made this guy your uh, your primary punk? 
Um, yeah, I I also have Bucktooth one, which is the only vampire. He has vampire hair and buck teeth. Uh, and there's only two of them, but the other guy has a mustache. <laughs> so this one is the, the real Dracula. Uh, so as in terms of value, I think this has more value. But um, the five traitor is more, he looked clean as fuck, you know, very, very, very like nice authority as a punk. He has, uh, he's very beautiful. <laughs> he's a beautiful man <laughs> in, a, in a way, you know, uh, a man's man. Uh, so I liked him and uh, all the traits were excellent. I mean, the, the Mohawk. So if you, I, I really like punks with Mohawks. I, actually, I like all punks. Um, uh, even the ugly ones, uh, they have a special place in my heart. But like, I wanted the Mohawk because it's synonymous with punk in my mind. And uh, yeah, the cool glasses are super cool trait, and the earring and the beard, and a tiny little detail as a mole. I think like the co I thought like the combo is excellent, and was also introduced to me by. Um, uh, 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 Pirk was um, C. Pirk, uh, shout out, uh, he's also a buddy of mine. Um, I was uh, advising with him uh, which uh, punks uh, should I put bids uh, in from uh, Mr. 703's wallet in case he wakes up and he just goes and accepts bids. And um, yeah, um, we decided on those two and I put my bids for the five traitor and the back tooth. And um, he put his uh, bids for something, some other punks, but then he <laughs> he like cancelled those bids, <laughs> and I was uh, you know procrastinating, super lazy. I didn't cancel my bids, and they passed through. I wake up in the morning. I have so many um, pings uh, on punks Discord. Hey, Red, you got it. You got nice punks. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's how that's how I got them. Uh, it wasn't um, I wasn't like um, having the money in my pocket, and I went uh, shopping, and I chose very carefully. It was uh, a decision like that. Yeah, and mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Um, so I'm just having a look at uh, your punk now. You're right; he's got a uh, a mole that's a little little bit hidden in the beard, mm -hmm. um, which is really cool. And so, what are you what are you working on now, uh, Redline? Uh, as I should probably ask, uh, and you know, what is Redline? Uh, how did you sort of get that name? Uh, yeah, I got that name. It was my uh, when I was uh, eighteen. I started playing online poker. It was like the boom of that. Um, yeah, and I I, uh, I liked gambling in general. Um, so that was my handle back then and it, uh, I, I kept it throughout my life. I don't know why. So I'm slowly creating the legend of Red Lion Eye as, uh, as my life progresses, I guess. <laughs> and yeah, I carried that through into, uh, the NFT space. What is your handle? Red Lion Eye. So, um, since then I created, um, uh, the Red Lion Eye Gazette, which uh, we rebranded it to Red Lion Gazette. So my identity is not tied to this. It's more of like its own thing, you know. Um, but um, yeah, this is uh, this is uh, how <clears throat> my handle came to be. And uh, since I started with NFTs, now it's uh, tied with NFTs, not with anything else. Nice. And, and so 
is it so this is what you're working on right now uh, on a full-time basis like red lion yeah so red lion uh, nft project is like a, an ecosystem uh, that we have created uh we sort of started with news and um, we expanded the concept to more stuff. We provide uh, unbiased uh, news with uh, without having any VC investment. And uh, we like to approach uh, journalism as a service. Um, uh, we are monetizing through... Um, uh, the Gazette, which is our flagship product, you know, which basically it's like uh, historical art records of uh, our timeline. Um, we have introduced a, a NFT uh, print media platform where we do complex uh, artistic uh, collaborations um, with um, uh, with uh, a lot of artists and. Um, uh, we uh, we approach the print media as uh, an art form, and yeah, we are a small team of like ten um, people, uh, super dedicated to it, and uh, this is our life's work. Um, in general, we are creating an ecosystem oriented towards uh, education, entertainment, um, truth. Uh, we want to cultivate a critical thinking uh, for the NFT uh, crowd and the crypto crowd. And yeah, overall, be a net positive uh, in the space. Awesome. So what, what, make you, what made you want to start something like uh, Red Lion? Oh, uh, I had uh, no connection with journalism i had no clue i mean like i enjoy talk shows and interviews but i never thought this would be something that would um, i would get a kick out of it you know and i guess we all grow up and uh, we are into things we never knew we would be into um like broccoli <laughs> and <clears throat> um yeah uh so as I said, I was on the variable platform. Uh, there was a lot of minting going on. People were selling art and I wanted to be part of it, but I'm not an artist. And I was like, yeah, but even though if I'm not an artist, uh, you know, I, I really want to participate. And like, I think I can do I can do art. It's just that I cannot do it with my hands, you know, like, uh, so I... Uh, I created this magazine concept. Uh, of course, at the beginning, I was a little bit more opportunistic about it. You know, I wanted something that I could sell every week, you know. Um, but I didn't want it to be shit. I wanted it to be something cool that people laugh at it or people vibe with it. So I designed uh, the first cover and I put it out and people loved it. Um, Max Osiris bought like 15. He was on the cover and he was on a bender that week. It was crazy, you know, uh, big history. Um, and then people were like, okay, Red, where is uh, issue two? Okay, I'm going to do issue two. So I do issue two and people were like, okay, Red, where are the fucking articles? I'm like, okay, I'm going to also do the articles. And I was doing the cover and the articles. Uh, if you check up till issue nine, all the all the design work is awful that's that's me 
but the concept is there and it took a very smart person to figure it out that uh, this is good and smart uh, uh, at this uh, form because it was ugly that was uh, the co-founder of the project Dudley um, which um, he joined as uh, the art director and like he has a vast experience in in art design, digital publications, uh, physical publications, and all of that. And you can see that the project, um, since he joined, completely, completely changed and looks um, the quality that we are advertising today. Could you just talk us through, I guess, how the mechanics of how Redline works? I think you've got NFT sort of covers, um, but mm -hmm. how do they sort of work and how do they operate? Yeah, so every week um, there are news in uh, news and world events on the crypto NFT space um, that we are, of course, reporting and writing about and uh, filtering uh, during the week. And uh, we carefully curate them into an artwork um, that reflects that, not just like a, a, a basic concept but like a beautiful artwork every week uh, with uh, different uh, styles um, so we are using different styles different mediums we are paying tributes to different artists so we are also educating through the same artwork about other artists and um, yeah uh, we all the artworks are created within uh, 48 hours uh, because the news come in an irregular way so we can never plan around it um, and all of them give you, um, they're available for a week uh, to mint uh, and uh, as an add-on you also get an art drop which is um, uh, an extra artwork by artists that we are collaborating with and um, um, it is... It, it is like an add-on to the magazine, you know, you get an extra NFT of their work. Um, and uh, that is an, an extra collection. And um, yeah, this is how the Gazette works. But for 2023, we are completely changing the mechanics and uh, it will be nice and fresh. It will be uh, an open edition for uh, 25 bucks, uh, $20 for the subscribers. Um, and it will be a JPEG. Um, and then there will be a weekly issue uh, with uh, without branding that has uh, is the MP4 and uh, has the sound effects, the audio, and everything, and and that will go for an auction every week for uh, a collector. So um, yeah, we are changing things up. We are trying to uh, include more people to it. Uh, it's been two years we have uh, uh, since we started, so we took a lot of feedback. We did a lot of research. We we put in a lot of work to, uh, and uh, we are super excited for um, how we are developing things and what is coming for us in 2023. Uh, well, I look forward mm -hmm. to um, reading a lot more of the content and uh, of, of Redline in 2023. It sounds like you've got a lot uh, in the pipeline there. Yeah, if uh, if there is something uh, besides the Gazette that I think um, your audience uh, would be interested is uh, our Art Code magazine. Uh, if you guys want to check it out, I think it's a really, really unique concept. And of course, our Punks book that we are doing right now through the Studios platform as well. 
Uh, so I'll put uh, some links in the show notes uh, mm-hmm. so uh, re- uh, listeners can sort of connect with that as well. Cool. And then are you um, are you sort of collecting anything right now? Like um, do you have your eye on anything in this bear market um, in terms of NFTs? What I would like to buy. Uh, first of all, I would like to buy another punk. Um I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I would like to score another punk. Um, I would like to buy a Gazer by Matt Cain Artist, um, which are constantly going up and up and up and up. I would like to buy another QQL, although even even if I have one, um, I would... uh, also love to to get another ikb i don't know how i'm going to do that but i will see um that's by mitchell uh f chan uh the zones of uh immaterial sense ah, i'm fucking up the name it's a it's a long name but it's a beautiful uh thing um Okay. I will I will share the project with you. Basically it's a okay, so, IKB so. project by Mitchell, yeah. Okay. So so you like more collecting more art now uh, as opposed to profile pictures well, or Well, I, I I all the rest of the buying is not uh, you know a big decision, you know, I'm going to buy this like like I'm not going to to think about a 0.02 mint for you know forever <laughs> it's it's all right i'm going to buy it uh, the reasons i'm going to buy something can be different like i i can like it it can be support it can be social reasons i i it, I, I can be collecting those or like i support the concept you know or uh, uh, i want the utility sometimes so it can be many things uh, but as as far as it goes to to big purchases that uh, need a lot of thought uh, these are the things that i would like to to buy that uh, i cannot understood yeah punks and gazes are definitely at the top of my list too if i can free up some eth um and if you look back at your nft career to date um do you have any sort of wins or losses that are worth mentioning? Yeah, the best win, I guess, is um, that uh, through NFTs, I got to create a project that uh, became my life's work. So this would be my biggest, uh, what I would classify as my biggest win. Um, as in terms of trading, I don't have a moment that I can remember that I said, oh, I made millions and this is no. Uh, it hasn't been like that for me. Uh, it was a slow grind. Um, I'm very grateful for what I have, but I'm not in the same level with some other guys. Um, my biggest loss in NFTs, um, oof. I mean, like, just uh, browse my wallet and uh, have a laugh. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> um, yeah, a, a lot of buys in there I regret and I feel guilty about. <laughs> no, I think we we all, we all do, mate, so uh, shouldn't be mm-hmm. ashamed of that. Um, I've hidden a lot of stuff uh, in my wallet. Um, cool. And, and if you have a look across the, um, I guess, the Twitter space or... Do you have like a favorite punk personality that comes to mind? 
Well, I have a lot of favorite punk personalities, but uh, I think what you're asking here is like, what uh, punks do I admire? Um, yeah. So, um, uh, I think uh, the punk that I admire a lot and has inspired me very, very much, uh, looking at his journey from the outside, um, uh, is uh, Snowfro, um, like what he created, what he did uh, for the art space and the generative art and how he started it, how he developed it, um, how he remained uh, true to his um, vision. It's, uh, uh, it's always amazing to, to think about and I, I've always admired that. And... Um, it's a testament that uh, you can uh, actually make it with your intellectuality without having to conform into those influencer standards and uh, buy this, buy that, my drop, blah, 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 and all of that noise. And yeah, I I I, I really admire that. Um, and yeah, some other punks that uh, helped uh, shaped. Uh, my dumb mind into something better uh, was Dave. Um, uh, of course, uh, uh, he he was uh, he supported the Gazette from early on, uh, and I was like, "Whoa, uh, a punk actually bought it!" You know, and he was like, "Yeah, you should also start the Discord server, man. Think about it." And yeah, so um, I would nice. say is this. Uh, is this Dave Dave Corp or? Is it Dave Dolly? Uh, it's uh, the, 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 the Dave. <laughs> uh, okay, Dave Dolly. Yeah, I got it. Okay, yeah. Cool. Um, and if you had to describe punk culture in a few words, how would you describe that? I would say it's a grassroots, uh, grassroots movement of free thinkers and amazing people around the world um you know funny funny thing is that uh yesterday we had all city on our show and uh, he is a graffiti writer and he um he was describing the social connections between graffiti writers you know even when you want to go to a city to paint uh, someone always connects you with someone there and um you know that is the sort of omerta they have uh, between them and yeah i think that um that sort of describes it uh, excellent you know a decentralized network of free thinkers uh, that uh, love each other <laughs> Uh, that's a nice way of putting it, uh, but it is nice to always know that uh, when you're in another country with a punk in it, I think you can always uh, hit them up for a, for a, for a beer or something, right? Mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of cool. Um, and if you could pass on a message to the next owner of your punk, what would you like to say to them? Um, this is one of the best questions ever. Um, and I have thought a lot about it. Um, I'm, I'm trying to come in terms with my own mortality, you know, and um, I would, 
in a perfect world, I would love to pass on the punk uh, to the next person that would continue this vision uh, that we are building here and uh, keep it real um, uh, for it to become his project and his punk and his identity and to take things further. Um, but I, I know I will not be the owner of this punk forever. And... Um, I know I have no control of what the next person is going to do, but um, you know that would be the best outcome for me. There's no way to take profits in the afterlife, but um, if the project and the idea continues, um, that is something there, isn't it? Not just a punk then, because it can be passed on to the next and next person and create, a, a, you know, uh, the punk persona will... Uh, be more important than the actual people that wore it. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a nice uh, message, Redline. I'm sure if at some stage the next owner of your punk listens to this, uh, will probably carry uh, some heavy baggage with him uh, to really try and carry on what you're doing, right? So, um, so that's a really nice message. Yeah, man. I, I I hope I hope they will. It's totally up to them, you know. But if I pass it on with the whole thing, it will be with uh, this in mind, you know. Yeah, it does question your mortality a bit, but uh, but this is the beautiful thing about punks, right? Um, you know, I think in some ways, punks, as long as the Ethereum is around, punks are going to live forever, um, and uh, we're not. So uh, it'll be interesting to sort of see if uh, these messages actually get, do get carried on down the track. But yeah, this is a very hard-hitting question, man. And uh, it's like a definitely uh, a really... I'm looking to this question to your other uh, interviews as well, uh, always. <laughs> no, thanks. I think most of them uh, say that they're never selling and it'll be handed down to their kid, children. So, um, mm. but I think, uh, yeah, it is, it is a difficult one to sort of answer, but, um, uh, and, and Redline, I guess, you know, any, any sort of final closing comments on your side that uh, you'd like to share with everybody before we close off? Uh, I would like to thank you, uh, for taking the time to converse with all the punks. I think you have a wonderful show going on. Uh, the concept that you Oh, sorry <coughs> the the concept you developed uh, and uh, the way you are making the shows is absolutely beautiful um i love all the guests i love the questions and uh, i i love the whole process of being here um and i would like to also invite you to our spaces and uh, there i can interview you the man behind the other microphone <laughs> uh well First off, thank you uh, for your words, Redline. You're very kind. I uh, really appreciate it. And it has been a very fun journey getting to know punks just like yourself. And, uh, and, and yeah, I'd love to uh, jump onto your uh, spaces at some stage for sure. Um, Fantastic. It's been fun. And, um, and I guess, you know, how can people find you? Uh, what's the sort of best way to contact you? Is it uh, via Twitter or other? Yeah, we are very excited when anybody is reaching out. Uh, they don't have to 
to buy per se our work just like click a like say hey red uh, this is cool or hey red uh, you guys shouldn't have done this uh, or whatever just get in touch twitter uh, discord um, we have a bunch of profiles red line news uh, red lion uh, dudley is my profile on discord and also on spotify uh, we upload so yeah, plenty, plenty of ways to, to get in touch. And uh, don't be a stranger. Um, come and uh, let's uh, let's meet each other. You can come to all uh, all the punks can join the show, our shows anytime. So yeah, we are we are looking forward to meeting people. Awesome. And um, Redline, one last request is that uh, hopefully you can organize a um, a punk yacht party in uh, in the near future. Like I suggested uh, it so many times. <laughs> I suggested it so many times on uh, Punk's Discord, like in the past. We should do a punk's cruise, you know, but nobody is picking up on it because they don't know. I mean, like, I'm not the best at selling stuff, but, like, I could put together a, a, a really solid uh, flotilla. I'm not sure if I want to do this work, but but it could be fun. Like, I know the guys that uh, could take us out safely with boats, and it would be awesome. Well, uh, we'll have to uh, we'll have to sort of include that as part of a utility for one of the Redline NFTs going forward. Um, but uh, stay tuned, everybody. But anyway, uh, thank you so much for your time, Redline. This has been fun. Um, wish you all the best with uh, Redline News and uh, I'll be looking forward to uh, what you guys produce next and I guess for our listeners thank you so much for your time and attention this week um, that wraps it up for another week or episode of Punkcast and we'll be back next week with another Punk uh, to, to chat to and that's it bye for now <laughs>